So, um, <clears throat> what are you going to do? Oh, Michael's going to do a prophetic dance. <laughs> so, yeah. so Michael uh, travels with me uh, and has done for two and a half years. Um, every weekend we're somewhere, and he's such a, um, he's such a blessing uh, for me to have someone travel with. We have, we have a lot of laughs. We have a lot of fun but our hearts is to see people's lives impacted wherever we go with their glorious gospel. So, Michael, what was your world like two and a half years ago? A lot different than what it is now. I was a yeah, heroin addict three years ago, 25 years. I'd been doing that, and my life was... Yeah, it was chaotic, not just for me, but I'm sure there's other people here with family mem- uh, family members, their family members are drug addicts, and it affects the whole family, society, everyone. But I've got an amazing wife who actually does, yeah, yeah praise God, um, she does all Daz's slides for him, a lot of the multimedia work there, and she knew Daz before I did. So um, Daz used to come around to our place and um, work with my wife, Carmen, come up to me and tell me how much Jesus loved me. I think that was the first time he did that. Every other time, I could hear him coming. Like, you know how dogs can hear a car down the end of the street? My ears were better than my dogs. I could hear him basically pulling out from his house in Christchurch, ADK away. And I'd be looking for windows, doors, anywhere to get out of because Daz would say, Michael, Jesus loves you. And I actually, I thought I was a Christian at the time. So when Daz said that to me, it brought up a lie. I heard a lie that, Michael, you're not good enough. You always let people down. So that's what I heard then from Daz. And that's what wanted to get out the window and out the door. But praise God that he did say that. And that my wife told me I had demons. <laughs> and it got, I don't think they were the exact words, but Michael, you need deliverance is what I heard. <laughs> so praise God she did. She get hold of Daz, this guy that was super weird. And even in his book, he says, don't be weird. So I, I was struggling to reconcile that as well. So my wife said, come up to Christchurch, meet with Daz and Pastor Wes, and get some deliverance. Didn't expect God to turn up. I was going along there to tick a box. I was going up to meet a guy that I thought was weird anyway. But they prayed for me that day. Two hours before that, I was sticking needles in my arm, using heroin, and I had some in the car to use on the way home. I did not expect God to turn up, but he did. They prayed. God showed me that I'm not useless. I'm not someone who just let everyone down, that I'm a son. That moment changed everything. I went, went into that room as a heroin addict. I came out 
born again, in love with Jesus, and in fire, on fire for him. I could not help but tell people about this amazing person, because it was nine rehabs I'd been into, a couple of mental institutions, I couldn't do it. One moment, one encounter, Jesus. Yeah, how awesome is that? One kiss from the king will change your life forever. The simplicity of it. I'm going to share a little bit this morning on the power of the seed. You see, the Bible says that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Every single one of us has Jesus living inside of us. And he wants out. And he wants you to use you to impact the world around you. So what the Bible says in Mark 8, verse 11, it says, The seed is the word of God. So when we're going up to someone on the street and saying, Hey, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. We're sowing in that seed. We're sowing in the seed of the word of God. There's been so many times in my life where I've bumped into people and they've said, hey, I remember two or three years ago you told me all about Jesus. As a matter of fact, I was at Living Waters uh, two Sundays ago and I was in worship, just what we do in worship, we had our eyes closed and we were doing that worship, it was good. And this dude came and tapped me on the shoulder and as he tapped me on the shoulder, I opened my eyes and he goes, hey bro, how are you going? I said, uh, yeah, good, good, thanks. It's a bit weird, I thought. So I shook his hand. That was good. And then he just stood there looking at me, and I stood there looking at him. It was a wee bit awkward. And I thought, oh, well, I just keep worshipping Jesus. So just keep worshipping Jesus. Then after the service, the same young man comes up to me, and he goes, he's got tears in his eyes. And he goes, you don't know who I am, do you? And I said, nah, sorry, man, I don't. He said, 10 years ago, when you had your drain line company called Mr. Pooh. <laughs> he said, 10 years ago, I used to do the STMS, the traffic management for your roads. I used to close off the roads so you could dig them up. And 10 years ago, you shared the gospel with me. I didn't even know. I said, oh, really? And he goes, yeah. He said, it actually really offended me because you told me when you walked away, you said, don't die without Jesus. He said, that really offended me, but I never forgot it. You see, that night, he goes along to Living Waters. I don't go to Living Waters. I go to Thrive Church, five kilometers from my house. Makes a lot of sense. So I went into Living Waters that night to support a friend of mine that was preaching there. He walks in for the first time and goes, ah, this must be where Dad goes to church. First time ever in a Pentecostal church. First time ever comes up to me, talks to me, and then gets radically saved that night. You see, that's what it's all about. That's the power of the seed. And sometimes, that's an amazing story, but sometimes it doesn't quite go to plan. I'll put a wee slide up for you for that one. Sometimes it doesn't quite go to plan. But you see, God's word never returns void. I remember I was with a friend of mine and I'd been stepping out in word and knowledge. Word and knowledge is such a powerful tool to see people's lives impacted. By the way, we've got two books here. Michael, you forgot to give away your book. Who would like this? 
Come and agree with it, buddy. Yep. Oh, both of you. Okay, cool. I'm glad I got two. <laughs> Sweet as. That worked well. So I said to my friend, I said, hey, God's told me what the postie, who's about five houses down the road, what his name is. I said, check it out. See, because if we share the gospel and we start with a word of knowledge, the heart's going to open right up. I said, bro, this is going to be wild. Check it out. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, mate, it's legit. God told me. So the pay, and he wasn't wearing a name badge. So the postie comes up to me and he goes, hey, bro, how you doing? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I said, oh, that's awesome. I said, hey, I'm a Christian, and, and I just want to uh, share something with you today. God, the one that threw the stars into the sky, he actually told me what your name is. And the guy goes, really? And I go, yeah, this is going to be amazing. See, you'll never forget this. You'll never forget this. <laughs> and my mate's just standing there going, <laughs> and that's okay. He had my back. <laughs> and... Uh, I said, so bro, your name is Steve, isn't it? And he went, no, no, it's not Steve. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Your dad's name's Steve. He goes, nope. <laughs> Do you have a cat? <laughs> totally blew it. Got the name totally wrong. He's laughing to go, man, you really hear well from God. <laughs> And uh, then my friend and I got to share with him. And, and even though the introduction wasn't amazing, we still got to share with him. We fast forward five minutes. This postie's got tears rolling down his cheeks as Maddie and I are telling him our testimonies. You see, that's the power of the seed. Don't think you've got to have it all together. Don't think you need to be a walking theologian to be able to share the gospel. That's not true. I have often have people say to me, they say, oh, you know, they like bringing up debates and things, and I'm not very good with debates and things. And they often say, oh, well, okay, mate, have you read the Bible? Was it, was it Noah or Moses that built the ark? Like, seriously, it doesn't matter. I know, I'm not sure. It was one of them, I'm sure. I think it was... Yeah, I think it was Noah. But anyway, I say, I don't know that. But what I do know is 25 years ago, I walked into a church to meet girls and I met God. You see, you may not have all the answers in here, but you've got the answer when he spoke to your wife. And I do know it was Moses' ark. <laughs> it was actually quite funny last time I preached here. I was preaching on the 72. And I, I break it down. Jesus sends out the 72, and I, I say, Jesus sends out the 144, and Pastor Adam sitting next to Michael, he's going, Michael, it's 72. He sends them out in 72. But I, I break it down that there was 72 extroverts and 72 introverts. <laughs> so that's a wee trick. Another wee trick. <clears throat> and, and I think it's okay to be creative. We need to be creative to share the gospel. We don't need to be... <sighs> boring. We don't need to be boring. Be creative. I had, a, I had this idea. I've got friends that I do a lot of ministry with in Australia, and we open air preach on the Sunshine Coast at this, uh, it's called the Alu with a View. It's the most, heaps of people hang out there. It's right on the beach. It's the most amazing place to stand up and preach out loud, because it just draws such a good crowd. 
And I said to my friend, I said, hey, Lee, here's the deal, bro. What we'll do, um, you know those plastic bottles that they use on movie scripts? You know, where you smash them over the head and it's not real glass? I said, we need to buy some of them. He goes, oh, okay, cool. What are we going to do? And I said, well, what we'll do, because we, we were doing a school of evangelism, we had 100 students, and I said, I want to divide the 100 students into half, and I want 50 of them to be on my side and 50 of them to be on your side. So when I get up to start preaching, I want my 50 to go, come on, brother, preach it, brother. Yes, Jesus. woo And then I want your 50 to go, shut up, mate. We don't want to hear about it. I said, Lee, I want you to wear like an Iron Maiden t-shirt. Don't look Christian. <laughs> and we, we planned all this. And all the students were on board because that will draw a massive crowd. And then we just all preach the, the gospel. The plan was that Lee comes down. Uh, Lee yells out to me, hey, tough guy, if you're so tough, get down here. And I go, yeah, rightio. And it's draw, drawing people in, drawing people in. So I come down. And then he argues with me. He gets the bottle. He smashes it over my head. I fall over. Then Lee stands up and preaches Jesus. That was the plan. I thought it was an amazing plan. Breezy, my wife, not so much. She said, if you do that, you'll end up in jail. And I thought, well, we could do a cell group. They'll be fine. <laughs> I thought it was one of those ideas that it's on. So we got the bottles. Bree got the invoice for that. That wasn't too flashy. They were $80 each, and I got three of them. They're expensive, these bottles. So we get to the beach. I say all that to say this. We get to the beach, and the wind is howling, and you just you couldn't open air preach. You just look like a loose cannon. So we got all the students just, just to take off in twos and go and share the gospel, go and play, pay for people's lunches, things like that. And I'm walking around with my little glass bottle. It was in, in Glad Wrap. And uh, I, I pull up to a group of teenagers and I say, hey guys, how are you? How you doing? They go, are you cool? They were being super staunch. I go, man, you guys are pretty tough. And well, you, we are. I said, oh, cool. Would you like to hit me in the head with a bottle? Oh, it's just an idea. It's just a wee idea. Just have these ideas sometimes. Bree says she's the ideas filter. But she was in New Zealand. Uh, so uh, I said... If you bottle me, then you've got to get me to pray for you. That's the deal. And he goes, yep. And I said, sweet. Your friends are filming this, so we just need to do a verbal contract right now. So I'm going to bottle him, and then he's going to let me pray for him. That's on video, bro. And he goes, yep, sweet. So we, uh, I lean over, and he gets the bottle. And uh, we, we put uh, stickers on it because I want it to look legit. So we put Heineken. You probably won't know what this means, being Christians. But Heineken stickers. Apparently it's a beer label. Oh, we put these Heineken stickers on the bottle so it looked a bit more legit. And uh, so this young fella gets the bottle and I'm leaning down. I said, bro, we're going to pray after this. Eh? And he goes, oh, yeah, man, it'd be awesome. And he just goes, whack. It really hurt. I couldn't believe it. Bree was right. It like, really hurt because the stickers hold all the glass together. Oh, quite close. Didn't knock me out, actually. But, uh, but it was cool. Because all his friends saw it. Then I said to him, I said, hey, bro, now I can pray for you. And he goes, yeah, yeah, cool. And I said, just close your eyes. And by this time, there's quite a crowd. And I said, just close your eyes. Don't worry about anyone else. So we got to pray with him. It was so beautiful. And then he opens his eyes and he says, I want to be an NRL rugby league player. Could you pray for that as well? And I go, yeah, absolutely, bro. Fast forward five minutes. Shared the gospel. I said to him, do you want to give your whole life to Jesus? 
tears coming down his cheeks. He said, today, on my 16th birthday, I want to give my whole life to Jesus. You see, Jesus leaves the 99 to go and find the one. Someone was filming it. Check this little clip out. yourself to him in such a powerful way. Lord, that this was not a coincidence today that he bottled a crazy Christian guy. But this is, this is just a, a beautiful picture of normal Christianity. Lord, show him how much you love him. Show him you've got a plan for his life. And I pray tonight, even as he sleeps, you'd reveal yourself to him tonight. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Can you pray for me? Do you? Lord, I thank you that you're your word says you'll give us the desires of our hearts. Lord, that he wants to be an NRL rugby league. You make our dreams realities. Lord, but more importantly, show him deep in his heart how much you love him. Amen. God bless you, man. God bless you, bro. I was an honor to be bothered by you, bro. It's beautiful, eh? You see, that's not a picture of evangelism. That's a picture of just normal Christianity. Just normal Christianity. You see, every single one of us has got a job to do. To go into all the world and preach the gospel. Two-thirds of God's names go. I think that's pretty significant. I was just thinking when that was playing, you got these wee... Uh, presence here. He's a nice wee present. Wouldn't it be horrible if you rejected the gift inside of this because of the wrapping paper? Don't ever look at someone's outside appearance and be put off that how could God place a gift on something that looks like this? I believe God's opened so many doors for me around the world because of the way that I look. And I know a lot of people struggle with the way that I look, but I believe if we could be a body of believers that actually looks through that stuff and don't judge people on outward appearance, but look at people's hearts. Because when you think about it, if we're meeting at six o'clock on a Wednesday morning to pray for the lost to come in, 
they'll all to come in. What do you think they're going to come in looking like? They're going to come in broken. They're not going to come in normally all nice and tidy and all packaged up. They're going to come in probably solo mums that have got dads to three different kids. Kids to three different dads. (laughs) Can you cut that, please? (laughs) I I tell you, man. I've been on a lot of medication this last week. No jokes. There was a, a good chance yesterday that I wasn't even coming. We were 50-50 whether to call the ambulance or not. I've had a kidney stone for the last six weeks and been traveling. It's been brutal, man. Just hideous. I have an operation on Wednesday, but unfortunately all the meds in that, that I've been pumping in for the pain makes me say bizarre things like I said 10 <laughs> seconds ago. So that was why I said it. (laughs) Don't judge. Don't judge. Look at people the way that Jesus sees them. And when you see a need, it's so beautiful to say, hey, you know what, I love you so much. But when you see a need, use your little life to fulfill that need. We, um, we had our Harvest Now Evangelism School, and Pastor Adam, you smashed it out of the park, man. You did so amazing. I've had so many people come up to me and go, hey, did you record the sessions? And I go, oh, yeah, I could probably get you my ones. Because <laughs> that guy that spoke second, I want his session. There's a room full of evangelists, and what you brought was so real, authentic, honest. That's why Andrew and I have invited you to the next one because it was, you didn't just, you weren't a token guest speaker. What you brought was so solid, man. It was so, so solid. But you see, we did a, um, a, a miracle offering. And sometimes, you know, we say, Lord, we want you to move in our services. Well, that's cool. Sometimes we're going to make room for him to move. God, I want you to move in my life. Well, that might mean turn your phone off six hours a day. Delete Netflix. We were doing this offering and we were, uh, it's okay saying numbers, churches, family. We we needed $11,000 just to cover our costs. So we decided to do, uh, receive a miracle offering. So Andrew and I, my friend from the UK, the other co-founder, we're up there talking through our miracle offering. Holy Ghost so clearly said to me, you need to honor two people in the room. See, there was these two people in the room that have just come out of Gloria Vale. Gloria Vale is a cult, 100%. Whatever you've seen on TV, I want you to know, it's watered down. It is an evil cult. I've been there twice. Hectic. So hectic. So heartbreaking. And so these two have come out of Gloraville. They came to our school and uh, we got them up on the stage. We started ministering to them, speaking life into them, prophesying over them. It was powerful. Then Holy Ghost said, give them some money. You know, but we're in the middle of our miracle offering. God, this is probably not the best timing. And he said, give them some money. So we just shared, hey guys, we need to bless these dudes. $7,300 got handed to their hands. 
See, love's got to look like something. They didn't even have enough gas to get home. But God. But God. I got home from that night and I was rocked, man. I was snot, tears. It was so beautiful just seeing the body of Christ just shining so beautiful on these little lives. It was so amazing. And I get this text message from a guy and he hadn't heard from him for a couple of years and he basically said, hey, I've blocked you on all my social media. And I was going, oh, I thought we were mates. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and, he, and he started just telling me his story because I deeply offended him one day sharing the gospel with him. So I asked him, would you put a little video t- together because I want to play it with you guys today. Check this last little clip out. I met Daz about two years ago in Cairns where I live, North Queensland. Um, I was running and working in the fitness industry as a personal trainer and was working on the front counter of a gym one day and um, Daz come up to me and I thought, wow, who is this guy? Um, we had a good conversation and then Daz asked me the question. He said, Mark, if you died tonight, where would you go? And the conversation moved on and Daz was like, Mark, if you died tonight, you, you could go to hell. I was so offended. <laughs> I was so offended. Um, I was so offended that I blocked Daz on all my social media, but I didn't want to know about it. But I'll tell you something, he was 100% correct. Jesus wasn't at the center of my life and I wasn't living my life with a, as a Christian. You see, I've been a drug dealer. I was a drug dealer for about 20 years of my life. I lived so far from God and I thought I was a Christian. If I had died, I actually would have gone to hell. So see, Dad's planted a seed that night, and it was a seed of doubt with the way I was living my own life. It was a seed of truth that if I had died, I would have been going to hell. I'm clean now. I haven't touched any drugs. I'm free. I had a really bad cocaine problem two years since I've touched that. Weed was the hardest one for me. I haven't touched any weed now for eight months. Me and my partner have never got along so good. Jesus is at the center of our lives. We attend church, but it's not just that. It's how we live our life. We put Christ at the center of our relationship. He's at the center of my world. My whole life's changed. I'm no longer an addict. I'm set free. Glad you asked me that question, Daz. Glad you challenged me. Much love. Beautiful way. Just another picture of normal Christianity. I... um. Things have been a bit tight for me financially, so I stole some money off mum. <laughs> the power of the pause, you see, it's kind of what we do. 23 years ago, I stole this money off mum. And I had to go and buy, buy some um, uh, court costs, paid my court costs. And I thought it would be a good idea to call into the Christchurch Casino with mum's card, and that didn't go so well. I emptied her bank account. She'd just recently become a Christian. Man, it used to do my head and she used to tell me, I'm praying for you. Shut up. I don't even believe in God. And God would wake her at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. She'd be on her knees praying for her broken son. Is there any praying mums in the room? Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm a living example of a praying mum. I'm here today because of my mum who prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. So she said, you need to pay the money back and also you need to go to church with me. I was going, oh my goodness, are you serious? Church, how long do those things go for? I thought, okay, well, take a surfing magazine. That'd be right. So I go along to church. 
the power of the seed. I'm talking this morning about the power of the seed. And I go along, I'm sitting in the back of the church and I'm reading the surfing mags. As I go up the front, he starts preaching. He uh, points to me down the back and he said, Sir, you with the dreadlocks, come up here. And I just went, what the heck? I look at him and go, oh, he's talking about me. You know when people are talking about you, if you pretend they're not, you sort of hope they will just shut up. That's what I was doing. And he says, sir, sir, come on up, come on up, brother. And I'm thinking, I'm not going anywhere near you. It's like a cult. So I just keep reading this magazine. So he got off the stage and he came to me. And as he came to me, I was so rude to him. He said, God's got a call on your life. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Cheers, bro. He said, God would say to you today that you're going to be an evangelist. I didn't even know what that word meant. An itinerant international evangelist. Get ready. And I just went, oh, yeah. Cool. See ya. He went back to the stage and started preaching. He was probably thinking to himself, man, I got that one wrong. But what's interesting, the power of the seed, six months after that, I was traveling around Australia. I walk into a church to meet girls and I meet God. I walked in a drug addict and I walked out a son. Who the son sets free is free indeed. But I remembered... I remembered as I was walking out of that church, I remembered the word that that man had spoken. Even though when he gave it, I was trying to push him off and push the seeds off, that seed stuck. So when tomorrow, this afternoon, when you look at someone and say, hey, I want you to know that Jesus loves you, you're sowing a seed in that will stick. You've got this. Wouldn't it be awesome to have five services here on a Sunday because of all the people that you guys are inviting? It starts with a seed. Church is the most amazing place to invite people to. Why? Because church is family. One more on seeds. Then I'm going to pray for some people. My grandfather, I hated him. It's in my book. I'm very real about it. I hated him. Even as a Christian, I'd lift up these holy hands of Jesus. I love everyone except Ken. <laughs> and I was flying back from Pensacola. I went over to the revival at Brownsville and I was flying back and Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you need to go and see your granddad. I wasn't allowed to see my granddad. Hadn't seen him for years. I hated him. But you see, mum had recently got saved and she's praying for him. And I just knew that I had to go and see him. So I opened the door of his house and I walk on in. I got such a shock when I saw him because he was a big builder, big strong man. And because he, he's been battling with sickness, he was so little. And I got a shock. I said, Ken, you're sick. He goes, yeah, I am. And I said, Jesus loves you. So in the seed, the seed. He goes, I don't want to talk about that. It's all good. He's got a plan for your life. He said, if you've come here to talk about your religion, you can go. So shortly after I left. Then a couple of weeks later, I was at a, 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 a speaking at a church, Rickenham Baptist Church, and my mum turned up, and she said, you need to come and see Ken. You see, I'd done so many years in front of a Christian counsellor, 
dealing with the stuff, the hurt that Ken had done to me. Just hated him, man. And she, she said he's, he may not last the night. So we went back into the house. I asked the family to leave the room. And I knelt down beside his bed, knowing that the seeds had been sown in Ken over the years. Even though he was a mocker and a God-hater, there'd been people praying for him. There'd been people speaking life into him. The power of the seed. I kneeled down beside his bed. He can hardly speak. The first words that man ever spoke over my life was when I was six years old. He pushed me off his knee and he, he said, you are thick just like your father. They were the first words I remembered. So as I grabbed his hand, it's just me and him in the room, and wiping his own tears, he said, Daz, you've pulled yourself together well. And I said, Ken, it wasn't me, it was Jesus. And I started sharing Jesus with him. And I knelt beside his bed, holding his hands, I said, Ken, if you believe what I'm saying, just squeeze my hands. And he was squeezing and squeezing and squeezing so tight my hands. He had tears rolling down his cheeks. And I said, Ken, right now, do you want to give your whole life to Jesus? Ask him to forgive you. He's nodding his head. He can hardly speak. There's tears and snot and he's holding on so tight. You see, in that moment... He gave his whole life to Jesus. Hours later, he went to be with Jesus. That's amazing grace that for 72 years, you can reject him, reject him, reject him. Hours before you die, say, Jesus, forgive me. He goes, Ken, I love you. I've never stopped loving you. Maybe you're in here today. And maybe I need to kneel beside your bed today. Maybe I need to grab your hand today. Maybe your heart, heart has got cold. Maybe it's a, today is the day for you to say, Jesus, I'm all in. He died on that bloody Roman cross for you. To tell you I love you this much. If that's you, I just want you to do something brave and stand up right now. If you need to get right with God, just stand up right now. Who else? Don't let this moment pass you by. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Who else? If your heart is not white hot, today is your day to come home. I actually believe there's someone in the room. That's why I picked this up. Stay standing, bro. And you struggled watching me preach. You struggled with the outward appearance. And you were rejecting the gift that was on the inside because you didn't like the rapper. Sir, I want you today to know today that Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. And I tell you that to help you to make the decision today. The success of an evangelist preach is not how many get saved. Success in the kingdom is obedience. I'm going to count down from five. 
there's more people in the room and today is your day. You can walk in with all this junk and heaviness and baggage and you can walk out free. But it's your call. It's called free will. Don't let the devil hold you in your seat. If pride can kick an archangel out of heaven, what on earth could pride do in the heart of a lukewarm Christian? Five, if that's you, just stand up. Four, three, two, divorce the fear. One, today is your day. You five are champions. What I want to do right now, I want every single person in the room standing up. Because maybe you were too scared to stand up, and that's okay. I want to lead you all through a prayer. We're going to do this as a family. Say this after me Dear Jesus. I thank you for today. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me, as me, because you love me. Right now, forgive me of all of my sin. Make me brand new. I publicly declare... Jesus, Jesus, I'm all in. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. It's awesome.